Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are going to be talking about staying on target with your e-commerce site and not getting distracted by all the shiny things that happen. So let's get started. Hello, Ian. How are you? Yes, I'm excellent. Thank you. This is a, you, you didn't tell me we we're going to do a live podcast this oh, morning. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know actually, and, I, and I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised we managed to get it uh, get it working so quickly. But we'll we'll have a go and see what happens. I think I can. Yeah. I should be able to see if people actually ask questions whilst we do it. So that'll be different okay. for us. Well, twenty Other minutes ago, I was sat. Twenty minutes ago, I was sat in the garden in my dressing gown. Well, and you said, you know, "Let's do a live podcast." I should have done it then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So do you want to tee up today's session? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's something you, you, I mean, you, you mentioned this this morning while when we were discussing what to talk about. Um, and it's something actually that, that happens a lot. And this is knowing, it's knowing what to do when. And generally, like we've said a lot with e-commerce, and I mean, I spend my, my life my whole career has been spent around this one thing actually and it's knowing what to do in what order so generally people have a massive list of jobs they need to do um they have a you know from the top of the ceiling you know, and they're all right they're all the right things to do but they don't necessarily they go wrong in two ways they either they either do something not uh, uh, for too soon they do they, they do it too quickly um or they'll do things in the wrong order but generally they'll do things in the wrong order that's the biggest one the biggest one is that it'll they will become emotionally driven by some shiny new object in e-commerce and they'll spend something like six months create thinking that that's going to revolutionize their whole e-commerce revenue and obsessed over it for six months, get really stressed about it, eventually roll it out and then go, oh, actually, I didn't really move the needle, you know, after a, a few months. I mean, you, know, you do need to let it bed in. And essentially, that's so, so damaging. That if you think about all how fast e-commerce industry is going, if you spend six months working on the wrong metric, the wrong KPI, um, you've just lost six months and your competitors have gained six months. They're further ahead. Um, you know, their ROAS is going in the right direction. You, you're sat there and your team's demotivated. You're demotivated. You feel like you tried everything. And it's not that it was the wrong thing to do. It was just the wrong order. And the other thing to focus, to think about when you've got the, you've got a, you imagine like a roadmap, like a big roadmap. We get all the clients to do a big roadmap from stop to bottom. And it's basically a big Google sheet. And the other thing you have to factor in is how, how big the lever is 
but how complex the lever is. So there might be loads of little levers to pull that you can do now that, um, that you could spend the next three months pulling all these little levers for like, and they're not massive levers, but the little ones, little tweaks, little things to your product page, improving data capture, um, better, better welcome email, putting your delivery declaration in the right place, you know, making your returns policy more visual. They're all tiny little levers, but you can pull them instantly um, and see the results. And then there might be one big lever that's like, okay, this is the game changer. Like the game changer for us is we, we need to double our lifetime customer value. But that involves rolling out a loyalty system, a, a VIP delivery system here. Um, it, it might involve um, adding in new products to the business. Like that's a massive, massive lever. That could take a year. And in that time, you've missed all these tiny little levers that you could have pulled. So you have to think about that too. And that's just teeing up. And I have to say, it's very hard to know how to do it unless you've sat in the seat that Mark and I have sat in for the last 20 years, because that's essentially the conversation we've had every day, sometimes five times a day with e-commerce clients for the last 20 years. And we just know instinctively which levers to pull that's going to have the biggest impact. But it's luckily, Mark's going to tell you how to do that now. He's going to tell you which levers you need to pull, aren't you? Well, I think I think the reason I wanted to do this one today is because I, I've just obviously um you know we're coaching a lot of different people. We're talking to a lot of people all the time, different levels. Some people doing five million. Some people just getting started out. And I, I just got the feeling that I was losing control of what they were all doing. And, and why they were doing it. And, you know, like I've started asking people in the group, see, what are you working on this week? And it's like, it's like they're just kind of, they, they, you know, they come on, you get a structure, and unless I hold them accountable to that structure. Mm. They're all over they the place. Just, they do a little just bit of this. Around, yeah. And so and what I wanted that. to do. They'll dabble at that. Yeah. Yeah, was trying to bring them back to what actually works. So it's, it's, it's difficult because... You know, you're enthusiastic about it. You're interested in it. You're doing it. And there's always a new shiny thing, isn't that? You know, there's like, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. that's what I want to do. I've seen some, I'm, you know, you're going to have a, a conversation with some networking event. They'll go, oh, someone's improved their checkout and they've increased their revenue by this much. Or you'll go to a show and you'll, you know, watch, you know, Ian will go and do a talk and someone else will do a talk afterwards. And it's all, it's all about this. And it, and I think- They're that, always looking, I think with any industry, but particularly with e-commerce, they're looking for the magic bullet, you know, the silver bullet, the magic wand, the, yeah. the pill, the sugar pill. Well, well that, it's because they want, the they want to grow. They want to grow and they see someone else doing yeah. it and they go, oh, well, that, that, that's good. I, I, maybe that can help me. And it's, it, it probably would do. But what, what I think the best thing that I have done is doing six-week sprints. So, you know, agile technology, six-week sprints and saying, right, for the next six weeks, the whole company is going to focus on this metric, add to basket rate, for example. And we're then going to go and any kind of shiny object, we'll put in a list over there, which is outside the, the sprint. Say, okay, you check out your basket to order, email, email things. It all goes in that list over there. And during this sprint, we're going to, we're going to focus on this. So that's the first thing is like working out what you're going to focus on in six week sprints. Because and then that, if you've, and you've identified this, 
So yeah. that, that starts with you. This that starts with the target sheet. You know, mm. That starts with yeah. okay, where's the business now? Um, you know, so when when we, when Mark and I go and see a new e-commerce client, or we're looking at a new e-commerce business to potentially invest in, or or work with, or or help someone merge with, we're we're looking at we don't look at the front end of the website. We look at the back end. We look at the app. We look at analytics, and we, mm. you know we're looking at the numbers and the KPIs. Because if you look at the front end, you start to become really, it's so hard to not become, oh my God, look at that terrible um, bas- at shopping basket. That's awful. That's like the default shop- Shopify, Magento, big commerce shopping basket. Mm. You know it converts bad. That, oh my God, that's terrible. And then you become like, that's got to be number one on the road. That's got to be number one we've got to fix. Actually, if you go into Google Analytics, you might find that the add to basket stat is 3%. The basket to checkout stat is sixty percent, so sixty percent, and the average we know is fifty-five percent. So fifty-five percent of people should go from the basket to the checkout, but theirs is doing it. Theirs is sixty. So that thing that you were going to obsess about spending probably two months doing would have not made any difference. Probably tiny change uh, would have been a waste of time. And it's the biggest bang for your buck. I don't think. Sorry, it's the biggest bang for your time, isn't it? It's not. It's not necessarily your biggest budget. That's it's the biggest bang for your mental energy and your time. You want your time to be the, to spend in the most effective possible way, and it starts with that target sheet because that's going to tell you where you're actually strong and where you're weak. And if you're doing two million or a million pounds now, and you want to get to seven million and ten million, it says, well, this is what a seven million business looks like. You know, these are the KPIs you'd need to hit. And it's become so obvious where you're weak and where your glass ceiling is going to be. And then you do exactly what Mark says. You put all your, your items down, you categorize them into, into what's affecting different KPIs and you put them into sprints and you don't worry about life and customer value yet. For example, if your add to basket stat is only 2%, you have to recruit some customers before life and customer value becomes meaningful and you get, mm. you get a return for your time. And I think the other thing That's is, right. you know, you might do that six week sprint and you might do everything that you want to do, but let's say you haven't actually, you haven't actually moved the needle and it's like, well, no, that's still the lowest hanging fruit. Just because you haven't fixed it doesn't mean that's you would go and try and do something else. It's like, it's still the problem. You know, you still need to go there and it might be something, you know, it's, it's like, um, it's like when people split test and they go, oh, I've done 10 split tests and I haven't haven't found anything. I mean, you know, then, then maybe I did one out of 10 split tests and it got 10% in, in, increase. And if, you, if you're doing 1 million, the 10% is an extra $100,000, $100, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a huge amount of money. It's like walking down the street and expecting to find $100,000 sitting there in the, on the pavement. It's hard work finding an extra $100,000. So it's, it, it's, you got to focus on the on the the lowest hanging fruit doesn't just because it's the lowest hanging fruit doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be easy you might go and do a few things and it might not move the needle but it doesn't doesn't mean that that isn't the problem you just have to keep working at that little problem until you incrementally kind of increase it's like those little changes that just gradually add up i'd say yeah it is and and invariably it is lots of little changes that are all focused on one big KPI, and you have to get the whole team involved with that. And yeah, you have to. You have to. It's so so tempting 
to just go and look at it emotionally and look at the front end of the site um, and think that that's what's going to improve stuff. But, but you know, I think often, it's often those little things. And I remember, Mark, you know, we, we, we would talk about this after when we record the podcast or do a big strap meeting for a client. We often say, actually, you know, there's, it, there's very little techno, technical play stuff here. Sometimes there's a couple of things that are technical, like doing price monitoring or dynamically changing price or tiered price. But most of the things, it's actually just little front-end tweaks. It's about moving things in the right place. Um, like, for example, if in the market, your returns policy, let's say you're selling clothes online, but we know it's about fit and quality, and they get anxious about well, what happens if it doesn't fit and they need to send it back. They get really anxious about returns policy. So if that's one of the anxieties in your industry and you've hidden your returns policy within a tab on the homepage that you can't find until you open it and it's there in a load of copy, right? Like that needs to be pulled in the place where the eyeballs are so people see it. That's not complicated dev. That's just making moving things in the right order, isn't it? Moving things in the right place with simple well, front I think end. Well, you always ask me, you know, when we do those the big consultancy pieces, I know you've got a couple, you've got one this week and you've got another one next week. Now you always ask me, you know, what, what's the big, what's the big, what's the big story? What's the big thing? Yeah. What's, what's the, the big story idea? of how we're going to, the big idea of how we're going to move it. And when you ask that, it's yeah. not like, it's not like a revolutionary thing, but it's kind of like, how does this all fit together? And the reason I can tell you that is because, you know, like that is the Abraham Lincoln. He says, if I can chop down a tree, I'm going to spend, I've got five hours and I'm going to spend four hours, you know, sharpening the axe. Is because by the time I've got to that point, I've spent probably a week or, you know, at least eight days diving into everything, sharpening the, sharpening the axe so I know what that big story is. So it's like, find that lowest hanging fruit. Find, let's say it's the ads basket or whatever it is, or the, the email or, or, or what a big, the big lever is going to be. And then find the story that fits into that. How is that going to change it? So that when you go and change something, a bit like split testing, you're not just kind of randomly going in and go, oh, I'm mm. just going to try and make that, that button blue and see if that makes a difference. You, you go into it kind of with an idea of why the ads basket's low. What's stopping people um, adding to basket? Because you've looked at your competitors. You've looked at why the competitor can outbid you on Google. You've looked at why, um, how they're dealing with the key anxieties. You've done the, um, you know, all the stuff we talk about in the program, such as the, the low hanging fruit from looking at the, the, the survey, the, the order thank you survey, and, and getting all the information from that and doing the, um, the reviews, pulling all the reviews from Amazon and collating them and just looking at what the biggest anxiety is and what people are most happy about. And then coming with that information and going, right, I've got some really useful assets now. And now from these assets, I can you know, have some a decent chance at actually moving the needle on this, you know, my lever within well, I think, the lever. I, yeah, I, you know, there's so, there's so much there straight away that, that, you know, like, like the add to basket checklist or the product page checklists, you know, or the average order value checklist, like in the book, just there's so many little lists of bullet points. But, the, you know, but the, the key is, you know, unless you have you know, a three, I would, I mean, we, we always look at three years ahead. I mean, I think doing 10 years in e-commerce is just ridiculous because you don't know what's going to happen. Could be another COVID lockdown. Um, so who knows what's going to happen then? We'll all 
get quadruple our sales um, or none, which tends to be what happened. But the, you know, unless you know where you're going, you know, if you, you need a three-year plan and you need to go, okay, we want to get this business to 10 million. What do the KPIs need to be? What does the average order value need to be? What does the traffic need to be? What does the add to basket need to be? What does the basket to order need to be? And straight away, you're like, ah, right. In order to do that, our average order value got to go from 30 pounds, which is too low, to 50 pounds. And so it becomes very clear. Unless you have that three-year plan, you are literally going to be optimizing all over the place, you know, continually, like going, oh God, that's got to be, that's not good enough. That I don't think this bit of our website's gonna like forget that. For you forget looking at your site from an emotional perspective and look at it, go right. I don't care what the website does. And the thing that I care about is can it hit these metrics? Can I buy this traffic profitably? Can I get my average order value to 50 pounds? And then I can scale. It doesn't matter. That's all that matters. It doesn't, it's just like having a shop on the high street. You know, you can have a shop that's laid out in a certain way that as long as it achieves the objective. So you have to look, you have to know where you're going, don't you? You've got to have your vision. Hmm. And then you've so got to focus, isn't it? It's focusing on something that's important. That's the first, that's, that makes it easier because you go, it's not going to be this thing. It's not going to be this thing. It's not going to be this thing. It's going to be this thing, right? So then the whole team is focused around that. Then you go and get yeah. everybody to do the homework. Everybody does the homework on that thing. And they go, right, this is what I think is happening with this thing. This is where we're focusing on for the next six weeks. This is what we're all going to focus on. And then you go into that and say, right, with this information that we have now, we can now go and increase the ads basket rate because we found that we're not addressing this anxiety. We know that our images aren't as good as our competition. We haven't got the offer that everybody else has got. We haven't got the returns policy that everybody else has got. So you've got everything there. And yet, you know, like, and I think that, like you, you, you know, like our product post checklist. Yeah, it's great, but like, you know, you'll go and implement that. That doesn't necessarily mean you fixed it because you're like we banged on about last week. One size fits all. They're just things that are necessary, but not necessarily sufficient mm. to actually get you where you need to be. You could, you know, you could change all the product product page checklist and do everything there, but not have an offer and not have the offer that that, that people need. And everybody else has got a much better offer much better that like um easy way to get started with them and all that kind of stuff and you're just you're just kind of putting on a whole lot of risk onto the customer that they they don't need to take from uh, merchant two and three and four and five and your merchant six yeah. and you're so asking them to in terms of, can you think of any um because I, I i can over the years i can think of a couple of classic examples where the client was drifting um, or focusing on the wrong thing, so they had you know their job list was was focused. Can you can you think of any any real good examples of when you've been in a situation where they're they're looking at they're looking at something on their website which actually is important, but it's not the right thing to be looking at right now, and you said no, no 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 this is the this is the issue. Yeah, I, I mean, there's been, real a couple, stories without there's telling, been a couple without telling me exactly who what what, it, what the names are. Yeah, so there was a jewelry, was the, there was a jewelry company, and I met them. I met them, I went in and met them, and they were like, "Oh, my checkout's dreadful. My checkout's dreadful, and it's not working. You're going to work in." It's like, well, you know, they just weren't getting anybody to that stage, 
And, you know, like I think they were getting a, a basket to check out of about 40%. So the, the max they could have gone to is probably 50%, you know? But like 10% increase of people who got to checkout was, was marginal, absolutely marginal. What they actually needed to do was build a platform to sell from. They actually needed to build the platform that would give them the authority to sell the jewelry to people and, and actually you know, push people through. They, they, people didn't have the motivation to go through the whole checkout process. And you'll find that you know, if they fixed that, if they built, started building the platform, People would have waded through all sorts of crap to buy the jewelry because they wanted it in the first place, regardless of how annoying the checkout was. I mean, it was it wasn't a, and it was just a normal checkout. It wasn't anything's broken or no. anything. It was just it was just what it was. And you, you know, like so, like you're saying if you know, was almost being convinced really to buy a it. piece of jewelry for like a thousand dollars. You know, they're going to really want it by the stage they get the checkout. Yeah. They're going to be really convinced yeah. that they want it. I've, ne- so, I've never, I've never found, I think that's absolutely right. I've never found any game changing growth in the checkout. And in fact, I've seen really naff checkouts that are really poor be improved to super fancy ones. And it didn't, doesn't affect anything. It was exactly the same because I think you're right. If you, if you do a good job on the building up convincibility, desirability, add to basket, um, getting them from basket to checkout. If that's done well, the checkout almost is just a. It's, it, it, you know, they put up with this experience. It doesn't matter because mm-hmm. you've, they want it, and you've teed it up. You've sold anxieties. And I think that happens so many times. In fact, I would, I would, yeah. I've, that, and that's the classic one for me. Is is when businesses come. I remember a fashion business doing selling vintage clothing. Doing, I think they're doing about ten million at the time. And they wanted to, they came in saying their checkout was really clunky. They wanted it to be optimized and thought about. And, and so, you know, so we look at the stats and go, well, your, your, your checkout to order. Yeah, it does look a bit naff, but your checkout is converting at 85%. And on average, it should convert at 84%. So you're 1% above average. They're like, oh, right. Even it looks, but it's really hard to use. I said, yeah, it's a bit hard to use. But actually, it's converting above average. The problem that you have, Mr. Vintage Client, is your add to basket stat was, I think it was 4%. It was 4%. And we needed it to be, we said for them, we wanted to go for 8%. So if they spent, you know, two months of their lives and, I don't know, £20,000 trying to sort out that checkout, they would have, I mean, they might have got their money back in, you know, two years' time. Uh, but if they spent the same amount of time, the same amount of money looking at the add to basket stat and got that from 4% to 8%, they could have been on the way to doubling their, their revenue. Um, for the same an interesting spend, question. Same cost. Here's an interesting question for you, because I know you've been like some of our big clients, you know, doing 8 million plus, you know, really big clients. You're sitting there in the boardroom with them. And I know from our discussions that they've sometimes brought in a new shiny object, like a new piece of software. Um, I can't remember which one, like Comcast or someone like that, like that, that is going to do this crazy remarketing thing and is going to add all these sales and is going to do all this blah, blah, blah. And we're sitting there going, this sounds crazy, but at the end of the day, it's not my money. So I can't 
I can't necessarily stop that. So do you have any, like, you know, because I'm thinking of one particular one. And it's just seemed crazy that, like, they got the KPIs that they were working through. They got the clear gap. They weren't maxing out Google AdWords. It was doing really well for them. You know, now, now they have. But back then it was it was being kept really small. And like it just goes to show you that if they if they'd actually been focusing on the proper KPI at that point, they could have saved themselves three years of pain yeah. and just started doing it straight away. So do you have any yeah. stories like that? Like where you've seen those shiny objects coming in, like they have the new email tool yeah. comes in and it's gonna revolutionize yeah. things and nothing happens. Do you know, it's a really, really good question. And, and, and I think it's almost like it's, like, it's like how many examples I had from yesterday. You never mind, you know, over the last 15 years of th- shiny distractions coming in from a client. And then you, ha- you have to politely put them into a, you know, a little form and say, well, OK, what KPI, what right now in the business, what KPIs are we suffering from? Right, we're really suffering from um, lifetime customer value. We might say lifetime customer value is is absolutely it's like once a year. You know, we need to get that to at least one and a half times a year. That's that's the game changer. That's what we've identified. You know, so and then is this is this tool? What what KPIs is this tool? This shiny thing, and sometimes it's a back end thing. You know, sometimes it's a um, integrating into a new ERP. You know, or, or doing you know integrating. You know, I mean, mm. I mean, typically something like that. And you think, well, what KPI? And that's going to take six months. What KPI are this? What KPIs is this going to change? What stats are we going? To, is it going to influence add to basket? No. Is it going to influence average order value? No. Is it going to influence um, lifetime customer value? No. Is it? You know, so it's it, it often it happens so much, all the time. But I, I think it's because there's, it's very difficult for uh, either senior management to come in and know where that sits in. I mean, they often leave some of this to the e-commerce managers and they don't really know necessarily what. Uh, and I think it's just it, then putting them into that, that framework. It happens all the I time. Think, yeah. And I think, like one of the biggest ones I can remember is I was seeing a men's clothing person in Auckland and they were convinced they needed this online wardrobe thing where you try different stuff on it was going to be crazy with flash and it's just like this just you know they were starting out trying to do their own brand they hadn't got started and they wanted to go and do something really crazy that no one else had done ever done in the market and maybe that's what they did as a brand maybe they were like you know um you know groundbreaking and doing new clothes and all that kind of stuff but it was just so much risk they were taking without any reward and it was like one of those things that just thought, well, this is going to be like all those other things, all those other ideas that we have created for people in the past that we've had to go, well, we'll build it for you. But it, we don't think that this is necessarily going to be a good idea because we've already done it. We've done it. We've done this 15 years. And it was just it was another, another distraction, isn't it? Yeah. And that's Every, the, the whole business has got to get on board with it. They, they, everybody's got to know right, what's our target sheet. What are our metrics that we need to hit this quarter, yeah. next quarter, and in the next three years? And then, and then every time someone in the business tries to say, oh, I've seen the shiny thing, or the, you know, the owner, the MD, or whoever it might be, hmm. I've seen the shiny thing. Right, let's bring them back, look at the target sheet, 
is this more important? It, what KPIs is going to hit? Nothing is more important than the business right now to get them getting the ads basket up. Yeah, that's critical. We're not doing anything else uh, because anything else that we do is going to to reduce the revenue that we potentially could, could make. It's actually costing. You know, it's opportunity cost. It's how much money. You well, it's taking all the focus of the team onto something else. It comes down to those two. KPIs, the two main ones, is how much does it cost to recruit a customer and how much is the customer worth to us? And within those, obviously, we break them down and work out. And so you, you bring that shiny object into that framework and you go, well, at the moment, we can't recruit customers profitably because our lifetime customer value is too low. So therefore, this shiny object is actually going to help with customer recruitment, but is it going to push it up by the 40% we need in ROAS to actually make everything work? And you go, well, no, it's not. It's no, there's no possible way it's going to do that. But... We have got this way of making the lifetime value much better if we do this thing. And it's actually maybe going to be 20% of that. So it's it's shiny object and it's focus and it's research and it's preparing and bringing everybody around the same, the same table. Because as soon as you get a bigger team of e-commerce people, they all want to do something different. You know, like the, the adverts person thinks this is really important. And then the, you know, the Facebook yeah, person wants to be creative and then the email person says he wants to go and do this kind of stuff. And it's like, you, if you bring them all together and saying, look at the moment we are working on add to basket rate. So what can you do, Mr. AdWords person to help add to basket rate? What can you do, Mr. Facebook person to increase the add to basket rate? And they'll go, well, if you want me to increase the basket rate, I'm going to have to buy more better quality traffic. I'm going to have to bring people to specific landing pages. And then the AdWords person says, well, I'm going to have to get really tight with a search intent. You don't have a landing page for... Um, you know, green bottles, which people want. So can you create that? You know, like everybody starts focusing on the same thing at the same time and you're having better conversations with everybody around that that one thing mm. that you're doing rather than kind of going, you know, if the AdWords person is thinking, oh, I need to get the checkout working in and the Facebook person is going, oh, I need to do top of funnel people. I just need to get more people at the top of the funnel. And, you know, it's 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 having a very similar conversation for those six weeks on that same, that same topic. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's totally yeah, it's absolutely. And the worst the worst thing is is in is is, is businesses that j- just have a list without any understanding of what KPI that's going to hit. You know, some businesses haven't identified what the target sheet is and what their KPIs are right now. You know, they haven't said okay, in order to get to ten million or twenty million, this is what the KPIs need to be. They just have a, a dev list, and they're just doing that based on whatever they emotionally think at the time and then they become obsessed over that and it's like and then they they spend months ramming that into the development team or the agencies or their e-commerce team and at the and then just getting continually frustrated again and again and again and because the 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 revenue isn't going up the kpis are not changing then end up blaming the agencies or their internal teams or um or themselves and Ultimately, you know, either they get fired, or you know, or uh, or the agency gets fired. But it's because they haven't focused on these. The, the well, I think it's, it's got to come from the top, easy. hasn't it? The top yeah. has to got to understand the key KPIs. They've got to understand the key KPIs. They've got to understand how much customer costs them, and how much money they're making. They've got to help them identify with the team which KPI they're working on, and then they've got to, they've got to feed that down. So you don't have all those little rabbits running off into different directions, doing all sorts of different things. Yeah. We're actually focusing everybody on the same 
on the same thing and something that matters was tangible yeah because it it is a tangible business ultimately i i know you know when 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 we go in and do our big strap reports and the big i mean i did like i said did one last week got one this week i've got one next week i mean these are massive sessions they take me out for like a week and you're going into business and you're delivering right this is the three-year plan and we're just following the same stuff but ultimately the thing that actually brings everything alive all this chat we sit in a room for a whole day there's seven people in there and we and we you know it's a really really intensive day at the end of it but ultimately the thing that the deliverable is the roadmap and the roadmap is a is a google sheet with with a a list of all the items in bullet point form um with the kpi that it's going to hit and so average order value at a basket and some of them do both or more so you have you know what it is and then the complexity out of four so one to four so four being really complicated really difficult one being dead easy um and and essentially you can then just start to move things around based on you know where you think it is and that's the ultimate and then you know you do that once and then you review that every month you review your roadmap based on what kpis you're hitting and if you think, oh, we've still not got our add to basket above 4%, we know in order to really scale, we've got to get that above 7%. That, you're right, then you don't move on to the next KPI until, because otherwise you can't scale. You can't scale your business if your average order value is £30, your add to basket is 3%, your, your lifetime customer value is 1%, your margins were only 40%, you know, you, you, it's not going to, you can't scale. It's it's the math. No. It's I think it's also key math. to point out, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to go and do something, implement something on the product page and actually see that it has the opposite effect. Because you, you can't be paralyzed by going, I wonder what, you know, you'd go and do something. And, it, you know, if you actually reduce the conversion rate, then you know something. You, you actually know that you've done something wrong with your customer. And, yeah. you know, like I used to think that, and, and, and in like a, a new product page or a new website or something couldn't increase the, the conversion rate. Now, I used to think, oh, I can't, how could it, how could it change the conversion rate too much? This was like back in the day. But then, but then I had the conversation with myself and I said, well, I know if I did a crap website for them, I could massively reduce the conversion rate. That, that's, a, that's a given. I could easily, you know, you could easily, you know, redo the website and do a, 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 a reduction in conversion rate. And then you ask yourself, What's the chance? What's the chance out of all the chances that I've got the top possible conversion rate possible on the product page first go, just from one design I did three years ago? It, it's very unlikely. You know, because mm. what would have happened is your development designer would have done a design, they rolled out the design, you just signed it off and you know made it live, and that would have been the page that you drove everybody to. Yeah, and that's what it's been for the last four years. Yeah, that that's nice. that's what it's done. And then you know, like but if you'd gone to different people to different designers they would have, he would have done a design like that he would have done she would have done yeah. a design like that and they've already would have done different designs and sometimes sometimes clients want multiple designs you know hang on, that, that's hang on, that's weird you know if you if you go through the study and they go i want one give me give me three versions of the home page no 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 that's not how it works it's not like designing a poster you know you you, you design a site based on the 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 type of business it is, is it rational? Is it, is it um, emotional? 
you know, what is it a long lifetime, high lifetime, low average order value, high lifetime? You, 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 you can't do three versions of something. You do one version based on all the knowledge that you have. And then you get that life and then you continually push it and optimize. You iterate it. it. Yeah. 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 And that's why yeah. often if you if you, you we see conversion rate dip sometimes when a new site has gone live because they've taken something off the old site, like it might be they had this pretty ugly like price match promise label making it up on the product page. It was stuck there on the top right and it looked a bit naff, but it said price match promise. Now that might have been accidentally removed and forgotten about on the new design, which looks really shiny and really lovely and really up to date and great little iconography and stuff. But you've missed that really ugly, making it up thing, price match promise. Mm. And that was one of the biggest anxieties that people had. So therefore conversions dropped. It's, it, well, do, you remember, you know, do you remember that, that, that wine website, wine personalized website we did, well, like ages ago, like 10 years is. ago. And it was like this ugliest looking kind of like just guy just put it together in his shed kind of website. And we redid this website. We're all enthusiastic about it. And we did this nice shining website and his conversion rate dropped ridiculously. And it was like, mm. well, what, what happened? And, and, and like looking back, what happened is the people buying that, they wanted a kind of hidden gift, like from a kind of like one man band kind of style. And they just wanted to buy a kind of really kind of localized gift. And we turned it into this kind of like corporate, mm. big, massive, lost its identity, thing. and it had lost its identity. And, lost you know, it, it, it was because we, we hadn't, you know, we hadn't actually understood the customer. We hadn't understood the, 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 the flow of the customer. We hadn't understood what was, what was happening with it. And, you know, there was, there was quite, quite a few right at the beginning when we first started of those kind of aha moments where we were like, Oh, we've got to remember to look at the flow between the pages, but look at how people buy. We've got to, we can't just yeah. go and, you know, go and do a best practice design where we just go and say, oh, that yeah. looks nice. Let's stick that on it because at the end of the yeah. day, you're playing with fire. Yeah. Well, I remember, I remember a fashion company. I mean, it's probably, this is going like 12 years ago. I remember a big fashion company and they're at, we, the site went live and the to basket dropped from, I think it was 9% to 4.5, something like that. And it was because we'd put in too many, we put too many subcategories. So when people were looking for clothing, the flow, and we of course now, which is one of the things that we check, but you know, the, the, the amount of pages per view was really high, so pages per session. So then looking around the site, then they really wanted to that website flow. Because if you think about it, we, you know, if you're looking for a black dress, you know, you don't want to, you don't, you want to see all the black dresses. You don't want to necessarily have to go, oh, I want, Go into mini dresses, maxi dresses, swing dresses, mm. ball gown dresses, you know, mini dress. You always want to say, I'm sorry, all give me all the black dresses. And whereas we were forcing people to go into those subcategories and therefore they could only see, you know, black mini mini dresses and maxi dresses on it separately on different pages. But no, no, it was a, I remember, I remember that. that. I remember no. that. And it was like, it was like a really big website and it was such a huge dramatic change. And it was like, it was such a, a crazy thing to do looking back yeah. that we learned from because it was like you're taking this like $10 million a year business, you're radically changing the design, and you're going, oh, here you go. I'm sure that'll be fine. And it's like, God, I would never it, do that geez, now. Because it, it, it looked better. Because it looked, the whole website looked better. We obviously assumed 
as as people still do, then that's going to convert. Well, we didn't do the design. The design was done for us yeah. by a conversion rate agency. If I remember right, that's one you're talking about. I remember about. sitting yeah. in that. I, yeah, that's right. I remember sitting in that conversion rate agency and thinking. Um, and the client spent fifty thousand pounds on this, and they'd got um, they'd got you know they'd interviewed some sample customers. They'd taken them into this room with the black mirror, you know, where you can see in, and they watched them do the website, and then they'd all sat around a table. And they were coming up with this design, hadn't once, and this was 50 grand. And I'm not saying there was a good experience, they were a nice company, but, but what I remember thinking, they've, they've, ne- they've not once looked at well, what's the KPIs this business need to achieve? What's the bounce rate of the homepage right now? Oh, bounce rate of the homepage is less than you know 20%. Well, great. So, you know, what's the flow? What's the it's what they're site? fixing, isn't it? It's what they're fixing. Yeah. I think what it is is kind of came in and they just fixed everything, even though even the stuff yeah. that wasn't broken. They changed everything on the site for the sake of changing, mm. and that's so. I think I think the biggest biggest problem, or the big okay danger, is when you're doing a replatform or a redesign. You know, mm. and you end up. I mean, oh my god, I've spent hours, days of my my life every month talking to clients about the danger of replatforming and not not changing design for the sake of changing design be very 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 careful it should be it should be a, an evolution not a revolution and yeah. you know, changing platform is big enough and you've got to be very very careful you really look at the the metrics on the old site look at the kpis look at the flow um, and be very careful. because even even us with doing this 15 years we sometimes don't know exactly where the golden goose is we know there's a golden goose somewhere in the design. We can probably figure out roughly where it is. But we don't know, ex- you know, it's like, it's like this beautiful thing that works and you just can't mess with it sometimes. You just have to iterate and you just have to go, well, is it that? And you go, no, it's not that. That's good, that's improved it. Mm. Is it that? No, it's not that. Is it that? <laughs> yeah, it was that. You know, it was like, that was it. You know, that we didn't think it was that, but it's that. And And, the, the thing is about doing like throwing everything out like the baby with the bathwater is like, oh, here's this new shiny thing. And it's like, yeah, but it doesn't work, guys. And you're like, OK, well, we got no idea where it was because we have changed 100 things at the same time. And you don't want to be in that situation if you've got no. if you're doing 100 million turnover. Well, can you imagine it's, it's too, too, oh my too God. I mean, it's too, I mean, it's very demotivating and obviously you're losing a lot of revenue. And we've seen clients who have to roll sites back. You know, where they've put a site live, they've had, to, they've had to roll it back, which is just, I mean, oh my God, I mean, it's awful, isn't it, as an, as an experience? Because the conversion yeah. rate's plummeted and they haven't, they haven't known what to do, where it is. Yeah. Anyway, we'll have to go on to our next meeting, but we'll just please close it there, just a summary. So, first thing is six week sprints, guys, focus on your lowest hanging KPI based on the, you know, the book and the KPIs that we've talked to you about and the benchmarks where you are, bring the whole team around that one KPI and, and then do your, get the whole team to do some homework around what they think that might, might bring it up, bring it all together, implement it, and then check to see whether it's increased it. And don't get distracted. Any shiny object that comes in, you go, that's a great idea. Boom, that goes outside the sprint. Boom, boom, boom. And those are little changes they do build up, you change a snowball into a boulder from that process. And that, that's pretty much from all we've seen across all the e-commerce sites they have done really well. They've kept focused and incremented and then became the big companies that they are today.
Yeah. So thank awesome. you very much, Ian. Thanks I'll see you next week. Pleasure. Take care. Cheers. Bye, everyone.